I'm honestly not sure if I know how to run this thing anymore. I'm on the board today. We'll do it live! I, no joke, I forgot Travion. I forgot Travion wasn't going to be here today. And I'm like a minute before kickoff. Yeah. I'm not on the field. Yeah. yeah I, you know what I love? You can tell when somebody is during the weather and they're kind of going refresh, refresh, because they go, uh, the weather outside, it, uh, well, it is hot out there, baby. It's cooking like a pizza out there right now. Well, we are four days away from KC football. We're certainly cooking today yeah. with uh, Scott Wildcat from Bosco's Boys is going to join us at 525. He'll give us a few. What are you doing Dude, with your microphone? This thing is... It's, Just listen, leave it. Okay, I'm going to leave it just like this. Good God. Well, well you can have you, you, got, you have your choice of any three microphones. Yeah, I'm just there. talking all three of them like a press conference. Anyway, Scott Wildcat at five twenty-five. We're going to hit the Chris Kleiman press conference highlights to begin hour number two. I have a different top ten list than I usually do because I'm going to have all three of us involved with some predictions on the college football season. I'm not waiting until Thursday to do that. I'm cramming like a test. <laughs> I mean, I gave you the sheet at like 11 a.m., you know. And we, and, we, and we had a place to be at noon. Oh, that's right. But Troy had to take a nap. Mm-hmm. Uh, to- yes. Yeah. Would you like to have that 5 a.m. wake-up call? No. Tuesdays during football was the only days I would not take a four-hour nap uh, when I was doing the morning show for seven and a half years. Uh, but we're going to kick things off here with Jordy Nelson, the Jordy Nelson uh, Legends Classic Softball game is coming up on September 11th from Toyton Family Stadium. Uh, we'll get to that here in just a moment. Jordy, greatly appreciate your time, but I'm sure uh, I could probably predict right now what you might be doing. Something farming. Yes, uh, we're actually on the field right now chopping corn, so uh, driving a silage truck and uh, doing it all day and all week, so perfect weather for it. Already cutting corn, huh? That's a little early, isn't it? Uh, we're chopping it, so we're chopping it up and putting it in a trench for uh, feed for the cattle. It's right on time. Yeah. yeah, we're not picking it. We're we're chopping it up. Gotcha. What do I know about farming? Are you still uh, coaching your kids? Yeah, so I um, do a little bit, coach a little bit everywhere. Um, so this summer I coached all three of the kids uh, in baseball and t-ball, and then I'm actually helping with middle school football right now, and then we'll do the uh, high school girls basketball at Riley County underneath my sister, who's the head coach this winter. So, staying plenty busy coaching and farming and hanging out with family. Yeah, staying busy. I'm mean, no kidding. So, training camp going on right now in the NFL. I love watching Hard Knocks, getting that behind the scenes look for an outsider like me. Is there anything about training camp that you miss or you don't miss? Um, probably the thing I don't miss is guys getting cut. Um, it's and the longer you're in the business, the more of your friends and teammates and everything they get cut and um, there's always those hard business decisions um, some guys put a lot of work into it um, you know some guys dreams come true which is obviously the positive of it you see the guy that comes in undrafted works his butt off um, does everything the right way makes a team and changes kind of you know changes life forever um, and then there's I mean every year there's 40 some people that get cut per team so um that's always the hard part, especially as you get older, because some of those are the guys you played with for the last three, four, five years. So I mean, it gets more and more difficult every year. When you were a rookie in your first training camp, you hear stories about guys getting maybe initiated, or recently I've seen videos of just rookies like performing for the team at the end of a meeting or paying for a team dinner. Did you have to do anything like that? 
Well, I don't know why, but my rookie year, we did not have to get up in front of the team and sing. The following year, we everyone, all the rookies had to. That part is pretty, I mean, I would have been extremely uncomfortable in it, but it's pretty easy and simple, the singing. Uh, the rookie meal is always a fun one. I did go out with the receivers on a road game and pay for a meal. It wasn't anything crazy. The absurdity of a $35,000 meal because everyone took five bottles of wine home with them is absurd, and I probably wouldn't have paid for that. Yeah. Um, the one thing, not to give away our secret, but I doubt too many people in Green Bay are listening, um, <laughs> is we would take the rookies out and we would give them a ticket of that value of not 35000 but like five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000. we would act like we wanted wine to go for to have after the last preseason game. So we would make up, they would make up, the restaurants would work with us and make up a receipt that charged us $500 just for the menus because they made allegedly made a special menu for us and all this stuff and um, it's pretty comical because some guys freak out some guys take it pretty slow some guys like we, we bring our wives sometimes so it's like they're paying for 15 to 20 people but then without them knowing it uh, one of the veterans has slipped the credit card to the waitress and uh, has already had it taken care of but it's always interesting to see the look on their face when they see the bill and we've had guys start calling their accountant and see if they can get some money transferred and it's pretty comical that's an awesome prank was there uh, a player in particular that stood out the most about just had the biggest freak out um yeah i someone that you wouldn't no one's ever heard of but it, it was borderline like we had to eventually tell him because um there was a he had brought his girlfriend as well and she wasn't very happy about it. She was borderline getting ready to say something that she possibly would have regretted just because she was so upset about it. She was giving, like, this is when it was just Randall and I, as we told two older guys, she was giving us a hard time for all the money that we've made. We're forcing these guys to pay this bill and whatnot. And the whole time, we know they're not paying it. But we just were like, hey, we did it as rookies. It's just the way it is. You just have to suck it up. Um, you'll make the team, and you know, we're just – and then – You'll be here for 10 years and blah, blah, blah. We start making all this stuff up, and she was not happy. He was calling his accountant trying to get money wired over from a different account and everything. So it was pretty comical, and they it, they were mad enough beforehand that they were not happy when they found out that it was a prank because they were then, like, embarrassed and mad again. So, But we enjoyed it. That's all that matters. We're speaking with Jordy Nelson here on the game. So let's talk cats a little bit. Your thoughts on – I'm sure you keep up with hoops just as much as you do football – your thoughts on uh, Jerome Tang over the last five months? Have you been keeping up with what he's doing? I have, um, through social media and different things. Uh, yeah, it sounds like him and his staff have obviously been working extremely hard to uh, get his roster, I think I saw the other day, fully complete with the number of guys that they're looking for. Uh, finished off with a couple big uh, transfers. So, obviously, I think they knew coming in and everyone else knew it would be a work in progress and a lot going on. Um, to get it that way, get it that way, and um, even seeing some of, I think, hasn't gotten some verbals for even the next year already. So it's exciting. Obviously, whenever you hire a new coach, and all these coaches know it, you know, everyone's on their their good side, and everyone's enjoying it. And um, but look forward to seeing what what can happen down the future. We're less than two weeks away from K State football's 2022 season, fourth season under Chris Kleiman. Boy, I mean, the preseason and what we've been hearing from coaches and just who's coming back, the talent that it's there, could be a really special season. Have you thought of a prediction or just some thoughts about this year for the Cats? Definitely excited as everyone else is. Um, I love uh, football season. I love K-State football. I enjoy tailgating before every game, taking the family and friends and hanging out um, all day. It's an all-day event. NFL on Sundays, I'll watch it if I'm home. Saturdays, I don't schedule anything. I'm I'm watching football. So 
Um, I'm a college fan, and I mean, we're excited for for this year. Um, like you said, the guys that they got coming back, I love the coaching staff. I think Coach Klein, uh, Coach Klein, and Coach Klein are going to do some fun things this year. It'll be interesting with Colin calling the plays. Uh, obviously, he did a great job against LSU last uh, January, January or whatever it was. But uh, look forward to see what happens. And obviously, um, they're excited about some of the guys that they've brought in, as well as returners. I think at the end of the day, if everyone stays healthy, it'll all play out the way it should. Jordy Nelson, our guest. You know, Jordy, I'm sure over the years, we've talked to you so many times, it's almost a yearly thing where either the Nelson's Landing benefit or promoting your softball game. We've asked you just about everything about K-State or about being a Green Bay Packer, but I can't recall ever asking about music because this was a topic a few years ago where there was a change in music at the games from Bill Snyder leaving to Chris Kleiman now being the coach, but... When there was a transition from Bill Snyder to Ron Prince, do you remember there being a change to where there was more of the music the players listened to? I'm not a big music guy, so even if they did change it, um, I wouldn't know what they changed it to. But I do feel like there might have been some conversation. I think every coach wants to put their fingerprint or do it their way. Obviously, Coach Snyder had um, his way of doing it and wanted um, certain music, and everyone has their own taste of music, and players will want to voice their opinion on that as well because you want to get them whatever, hyped up and ready for the game and certain things do it. Music has never done it for me. Um, I kind of like going down to Texas and playing because I think they played a bunch of country music, so I was good with that. So it kind of just varies. But um, I think there can be bad music. I don't think any music gets me up for a game, but then there's music that I'm like, what in the world are we listening to and why are we listening to it? So I think it does play a role in the pregame festivities. So when you are in the truck, then if you're not a big music guy, which I'm always surprised to hear when somebody's not a big music person, but it, it's cool. But uh, so what are you listening to then? I still listen to music. I just don't know. Like if you tell me if you play a song, I couldn't tell you the title of the song or anything. <laughs> so I'm not that in depth with it. When it comes on, I'll probably know the song, but couldn't tell you anything about it. Or uh, I turn on the radio and listen to sports talk. Usually, turns the game in when. At 2 o'clock when it hits, when Dan Patrick's show is getting re-ran, and then uh, the game from 4 to 6. So I kind of have my routine. Uh, sometimes it'll be Pat McAfee from 11 to 2, sure. and then the 2 to 4, and then the 4 to 6 windows. So um, if not, then I just have country music playing. Well, I appreciate you listening to the to the show. I believe it was a few years ago. You were on the Pat McAfee show, and that's when we first learned that there was going to be a Jordy Nelson Legends softball game. And we had the first one last year. This year is the second year. A ton of legends back last year for the game. Are there going to be any new names that we didn't see last year playing this year? Yes, we got some new ones. Um, we got some repeats, which is always good. Um, so I, um, off the top of my head, I think some of the new ones. Terrence Newman's coming back. Uh, Michael Bishop's coming back. Robert Streb, the golfer who's on the PGA Tour, is coming back. Uh, we got some baseball guys, Blair DeBorg, and some others. Hopefully, we're still trying to finalize those guys. They'll be back that weekend. Um, and then on the girls' basketball side, we got the younger group that won the Big 12 championships with Shaylee Lenny, Marlies Gibson, Kimberly Deeds. Actually, my sister will be playing this year because she was on that team. And then Shaylin Klein as well. So that's where we're at right now. Uh, Arthur Brown will be in town um, for it. Trying to think of who else here, but then like Kevin Lockett, Aaron Lockett, David Allen, John McGraw, those guys will be back again this year. So it is—it's fun to go through this list. Uh, when I started doing this, I become a fan all over again of guys I watched growing up, guys that uh, played even after me. 
the basketball teams. We're trying, still trying to work on getting some men's basketball teams. We talked to Barry Brown and those guys, but they just left to go overseas to play basketball. So scheduling just doesn't quite work out for them. But it's fun to look at the list. And I was tallying up, I was on posted sometime, of uh, the number of All-Americans that will be back, the number of All-Conference players. It's an impressive list, and it's fun to see kind of some of K-State's all-time greats come back and be in one venue at one time I think is a pretty rare occurrence. Yeah, be at Toyton Family Stadium this year, so hit us up with the uh, rest of the details about the activities that are taking place, the time, the day, and uh, how we can get our tickets. Yeah, so uh, the day is on September 11th, so the Sunday following uh, K-State's game against uh, Missouri. Uh, we'll be at the baseball stadium, like you said. The first game, which is against uh, People State Bank, who's our headline sponsor, we do a sponsor game versus them, so it'll be the Legends versus some of their workers and families. Starts at 11 a.m. That'll last for about 45 minutes, and then we'll do a home run derby at, a, at noon. That goes for about an hour, and then from 1 to 3 is the Legends versus Legends game. We'll split, I'll split up the teams evenly, or what I think is evenly. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's the schedule for the day. You can go to uh, K-State website to buy the tickets all at the Jordy Nelson Classic is on there, just like your football and basketball tickets. Um, if you can't find it, call what is the one eight hundred two two one cat. I feel like it's always the number. Yep. I'm sure they'll direct direct you in the right right way. Um, we're raising money for our Nelson Family Community Foundation. Uh, we put the money back into the community in Manhattan as we um, see it, and then also for uh, we have started an endowment for a scholarship that we reward a walk on football player that Coach Kleiman has put on scholarship um, either last spring or this fall. Uh, we'll announce who that is. He'll um, hopefully be able to make it there and be presented um, with that scholarship and are honoring him as a walk-on who received the scholarship. So that's what we're raising money for. Um, it's a great family atmosphere, um, an opportunity to get autographs and pictures throughout the day, um, even post-game. Um, I know a lot of guys last year hung around or signed throughout the day. So uh, bring your hats, your markers, uh, footballs, whatever, uh, your cameras. Obviously, everyone has those on their phone. So um, steal some pictures, um, get some autographs. I think it's going to be a great venue there at the Ball Diamond, especially, I, I mean, we went to a baseball game or two this spring, and having that park right there by it is such a family-friendly area as well. So, um, yeah, like I said earlier, I think it's a rare opportunity to get a bunch of these legends from K-State that have done some great things in our community as well with our uh, sports programs, all in one venue, all in one spot, and uh, have an opportunity to see them and do some fun things and uh, get some pictures and autographs as well. Yeah, like you mentioned, growing up with those legends, I, I grew up with them too, including you, and um, it was really fun last year at the Bill, and now this year it's going to be just as fun, if not even more fun, than last year seeing these legends get back on the uh, field, but a different kind of field for most of them to play some softball and raising money for a good cause. But Jordy, very much looking forward to it, and best of luck with the event on September 11th. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. There you have it. Jordy Nelson. Here on the game. Again, tickets for the Jordy Nelson Legends Classic Softball Game. Also, Home Run Derby. That's on September 11th at Toyton Family Stadium. KStaysports.com. And uh, while you're there, pick up some tickies for uh, the home opener for football on Saturday. Less than 1,000 tickets remaining. Boy, are these first two games going to be raucous this year in terms of crowds. To be down to 1,000 for an opener against nuts. South Dakota nuts. is tremendous. I would like um, every game to be sold. <laughs> yeah, I, would, yeah. I would, too. I don't argue that point. I'm just 
looking at it as first two games of the year, that's beautiful. Crazy. Well, after this break, we're going to do my top ten list of the week, but we're all three going to be involved in making some predictions for the upcoming football season. Don't go anywhere. Introducing the stunning defense for your Clay Center Tigers. You hear that, Wamigo? They're coming Friday. And so is B1047 with the Area Game of the Week. Presented by Carver One of Manhattan with Troy Coverdale on the call. Gonna be you. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Not you on the call, because I think it's really impressive. For Clay Center and Omigo fans, you're gonna have Troy doing the play-by-play, and like, you're, dude, you're awesome. You're really good, and so that's a treat. But the fact that this is the song, yeah, this is for years when Clay Center runs out to the field. Unbelievable! Too. I just look out, Omigo. Here comes them tigers. <laughs> you guys always had the like Giants-esque tigers on the side of your helmet, correct? Too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That changed uh, actually after my senior year. That changed to like the Mizzou tiger logo. Ah, that's cool. But I think they jumped back to the yes Giants yeah. tigers logo. Yeah. So were you bummed out about the old stadium getting kind of? Absolutely getting... not. Really? Time for it to go. Basically, everybody else has turf at this point. Yeah. Not everybody, but quite a few. Including those in the Centennial League or the uh, NCKL, mm-hmm. Wamigo, Concordia, I don't know who else, uh, Abilene. You wouldn't have wanted it because I read a little bit about the history, and it is a neat history behind the the, the stadium, Auto Dionru Stadium. Yeah, you wouldn't have wanted them to put the turf down there. You want a new whole thing, whole big old shebang, you might Morton as well just building, go all out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, how long's Unru Stadium been there? A long time. It's like it was like there before Clay Center was a town. Yeah. Even I mean, Mary's city around it. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, it almost feels like that's what happened at Marysville too. To be honest, <laughs> Marysville's a weird town. But hey, shout out to Marysville. Well, you guys ready to get to some predictions, including no. with my top ten list? DG, are you not ready to go? I'm ready. You're on the you're on the clock here because I'm ready. So my top ten list is a little bit different this week. I'm not going to play the David Letterman ten nine eight count it down. It's just ten predictions for this season. And let's start offensively with K State because a K State quarterback has not thrown for more than twelve touchdowns in a season since Jake Waters had twenty two in twenty fourteen. So will Adrian Martinez throw for more than 12 touchdowns this season? DG. Yes. And I think he's going to throw for 14. I think he's going 14 times. That's funny. And that's exactly how many I predicted. Really? Yeah. I think he's, I think Adrian Martinez is going to be the benefactor of the brand new offense with a little bit more throwing. And to be honest with you, the stat that um, a KSQB has not, a Kansas State QB has not thrown more than twelve TDs in a season since Jake Waters. That's kind of sad. <laughs> that's it's almost ten years. I think of all those years that you could say that there were 
injury issues, mm-hmm. uncertain about who's going to start every week at quarterback. Just remember the Skylar Thompson, Alex Delton. That's true. Battle of who's going to play every possession. It stinks still. Yes, 14. Baby, baby. Troy? I'm going to go with a no, and that's not because of a knock on Adrian Martinez. It's more the fact that you've got Deuce Vaughn in the backfield. Who you can throw to. Mm-hmm. Who you can throw to, but I I foresee that the emphasis is going to be on utilizing rushing inside of the red zone when you've got a guy by the name of Deuce Vaughn. Our next prediction is the first one on defense. So we know there's going to be, and we heard it from Coach Kleiman today, they got a lot of guys they want to play. Six deep, maybe even a little bit more than that. So we'll see the rotation, and I know Coach Kleiman wants it just a butt whooping so they can play as many guys they possibly can potentially just to see if they can get them some some bodies to hit especially on special teams with the younger guys but with the safeties who will have the most interceptions this year I ask because Russ Yeast safety who made the roster today for the LA Rams as a seventh round pick right on he made the roster and he led K-State in interceptions this past season so Troy I'll start with you I'm of the mind that it is going to be Josh Hayes as a breakout this year. Hmm. Interesting. DG? I actually hate that um, answer, Troy. Probably and so, I think because you, you, you said the same thing. You, I think that, what, here's the deal, if you don't know, why don't you just leave? Yeah, I, wanna, I think Josh Hayes, with his experience back yeah. there, I do think with all these guys being younger and super athletic and turning heads, everybody, it seems like, they've mentioned almost everybody back there, they're going to be ball hawking. And I, I think that it's one of those things where, to me, it's almost like rebounding for a guy like, you know, like an uh, older guy just knows how the ball is going to carry him off the rim or the backboard a little better than a young guy. I think if Josh Hayes is going to be right there where he needs to be, and yeah, he's going to have the most picks. I'm going with Kobe Savage. This what? is based on <laughs> his past stats at, at Tyler Community College because he was, you could call him a ball hawk, he disrupted <laughs> things. Uh, quite a bit with deflecting passes or going to get the football. He has had six interceptions in the last two seasons and at the strong safety position. He's going to have, a, a hopefully, a lot of opportunities. Now, oh, by the way, uh, Kobe Savage will be the subject of a brand new segment for PowerCat Game Day coming up on Saturday, which starts at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, kick off a little after 6 with South Dakota. Whoa. Let's jump back to the offense because – we got to talk running backs. There is a uh, there's going to be a battle between two gentlemen to be the best running back. Maybe not just in the Big Twelve, but maybe in the country. Deuce Vaughn and Bijan Robinson. So the question is, who will average more all-purpose yards per game at the end of this regular season? Deuce Vaughn last year at 144 even. Bijan Robinson at 146.6. I think DV is going to get it done over Bijan Robinson because they're going to be worried about placating these quarterbacks. You know, in Texas, they're going to be like, oh, but man, I don't get to throw the ball enough, man. I got to do this. I got to do Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, here at K State, we feed, we feed the, the little guy. I'm of the mind that it's going to be Deuce because to a point that you brought up already, and that is that you can throw him the ball. Bijan, you can throw him the ball, but. What's that line going to look like for Texas this year? It wasn't all that great last year, 
and then you add in questions at quarterback, I'm I'm just not not thinking that that's a safe pick to make at any point. Well, let's keep in mind, so with the offensive line they had last year, you're right, Troy, like it wasn't the best, but B. John Robinson was still able to be a 1,000-yard rusher behind a uh, a so-so line. The thing is, now they have some holes to plug. They, their best uh, their best offensive lineman mm-hmm. is not going to play this season, so I am going to go Deuce Vaughn, and I'm never ever going to pick against hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> Let's go back to the defense. Back to defense, Felix and Udike Uzama, the king. Felix, total sacks this year. I've set an over under at 10 and a half. Man, that's big. I go under. For the reason that you also have the ad of Khalid Duke returning. And I just like the depth a lot more in terms of those edge rushers. It's going to be a different look defensively than everything being centered on Felix being able to get free. That is that that is a large number. I mean, in reality, I think we all get kind of... We've all been skewed by video games. <laughs> he had eleven. He had eleven last year. Right. Just, just. But, but let me finish. Uh, he's going to have ten and a half by the first seven games of the season. <laughs> this I guy hope. is an insane <laughs> athlete, and he's amazing. And then you look at the first seven games of the season, and it's like, oh my god, gimme, gimme. This is over. Felix Anudike Uzama is about to cement his place. On the Mount Rushmore of K-State football, this man is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, so I, I factor in you know, how many other guys is going to be a really big threat for K-State in the pass rush. I'm huge on Nate Matlack this year. I think he's going to be amazing for K-State this year. Jalen Pickle also on the left side of the defensive line as a defensive end. Uh, I mean, uh, Deuce Green, Daniel Green. I mean, he uh-huh. led the team last year in tackles for loss, but... Uh, Nate Matlack was second on the team in, in sacks last year. With all that being said, I do think Felix is going to top himself from a year ago. I got him at 12. Now, let's remember, over half of his sacks, I think at least half of his sacks last year, were in two games. Mm-hmm. The Southern Illinois contest and also against TCU. And that TCU left tackle that he absolutely embarrassed on five of those six sacks has been featured on Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions, and he was a dra- I think he was a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Abina Ize or something like yeah. that. I, he was uh, he was up for a gaming well, he's, just a few months he's ago. He's perfect as a Lions player then. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, but let's remember that Southern Illinois never really ever made adjustments. They True. They just tried to survive, and TCU didn't do a thing either. Like, they kept the quarterback in the pocket holding that football. But that's also where things get tougher for them this year with the added of Khalid Duke being healthy. That's why I think that that depth is just going to, to influence how our line performs through eat, the year. Eat into those numbers. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to happen is it's going to just be insane how, how much we're going to be in the backfield, the whole team. Gonna have as a team, we're gonna have the most sacks we've ever had. Uh, let's let's do one more before we take a break. Okay, uh, back to offense. Who for K State will have the most receiving yards? Last year it was Phillip Brooks at five forty three. I'm gonna go first because I think I've said this enough already on the show. Where I believe that I believe in Malik Knowles. I believe this this got to be his biggest year yet. Um, he wasn't that far behind. I don't believe from. Uh, Phillip Brooks last year, just if there is consistency, it will be Malik Knowles. 
but a reliable target as well is going to be Phillip Brooks. One of them is going to be, I would imagine, the leading receiver, but I got the feeling it's going to be Malik Knowles this year. I'm with you on, on liking Knowles. I thought about putting him down. But then I decided, no, I'm going to go for the repeat. I think Philip Brooks is able to repeat this year as the leading guy. This is the one, one of a couple where I, I just want. I want Malik Knowles to be the guy. So I put him down, but PB looks like the probably the favorite to do it again. But I, Malik Knowles, come on, baby. Put in a good season. We're halfway through the 10 predictions for this upcoming football season. We will touch on one more thing, uh, two more things with K-State, but also around the Big 12 and nationally. That's when we come back here on The Game on KMAN. Yeah, Travion needs to get back to playing my beds. They just they just rock harder, of course. and They just hit. They just hit right with a sports show like this. Yeah. Ozman. Troy? Oh, I just was going to note, he says he's headed back to England to live. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Because Him of gun Sharon. violence. Yeah. Sharon! I saw that. Remember, uh, I remember watching the Osbournes on yeah. MTV, and oh, there was yeah. a whole episode about burritos. Remember oh, yeah. that? The yeah. burrito episode? Oh, that boy. show was so, it was not good, but you had to watch it, man. It was insane how the pull of that show. It was crazy. Hey, it's because of that show that I would say uh, Jack Osborne gets to do all that uh, ghost hunting. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure what Kelly does really anymore, what she's up to. Used to be, she, she used to be involved music. with E! Oh, really? And did some of their fashionista stuff. So she was on the red carpet at a few events, things like that. Five more predictions. You ready to make them? Yeah. All right. Where do we leave off? Okay. We talked about wide receivers before the break. Breakout player for Kate State this season. I think there is a uh, a popular pick out there. I think I'm going to go the popular pick. I've been saying Nate Matlack uh, for a while now that's going to have a huge year. I don't know if I'd call it – I've kind of changed my mind and call it in a breakout year because he played so well in the second half of the season – um, we're also just expecting him to be really good. I think that's a common uh, prediction to make on the season. Nate Matlack tearing it up on the defensive line. But I, I will just throw out there my pick on who's been getting a lot of praise since the spring, uh, who had a really great spring. He's still doing well in the fall with the fall practices. Um, he's the uh, the freshman I think we've heard the most about over the last five months or so, R.J. Garcia. A wide receiver. He, he is the popular pick. That's the one I feel like I have to go with. I'm going with another high schooler, Okay, V.J. Payne. That's a good one. Who's you know lined up as a number two right now at Free Stafey. That's playing into a heck of a grouping that he's listed on, on the depth chart already for week one. Yeah, somewhere that's kind of looking like we thought a weakness. All of a sudden it's like, man, there's a lot of athletes mm-hmm. back there. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. going to go Jacob Parrish and just keep hearing about this guy, just keep hearing his name. I don't even know if your name can be mentioned this much preseason and you'd be a breakout because everybody's like, this guy's a dog. Interesting, so. Interesting. by the way, that we all three go on the defensive side of the yeah, ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't. Well, you, I went wide were, receiver, but I mentioned thinking, it. You were thinking, Matt Lack. But well, yeah. and you could throw, you guys, you guys are throwing out true freshmen. Mm-hmm. There are three true freshmen on the 2D defensively. Jake Clifton at linebacker. Will back up. Will line, I believe he's Will Linebacker uh, because yes. Will Honus is not going to play right. this Saturday. It's just they're taking precaution. It's not the same injury he had uh, last year. So um, 
We're just going to wait. Hopefully you'll be back for the Missouri game, but uh, it's probably week by week right now at this point. Let's, that's what it feels like when it comes to the uh, press conferences, but we didn't get a for-sure timetable. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so K-State's record at the end of the regular season. Who's got a coin? <laughs> well, what are you what are you debating? I, I want to know what you're debating. No, it was a joke. I oh. it, it took me a little bit to to go through and determine what I feel like. Well, but. I'll go first because I when I predict these things, you can ask Kurtz from when we were doing basketball predictions. They're probably way too high, but I always pick out the ceiling. I use the ceiling as my projection on the team because we're talking preseason. The ceiling is the roof, and. Is there something I missed? It's a Michael Jordanism when oh, he was talking it? with North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, the the ceiling is the roof. Um, some might call me crazy, but <laughs> if if we truly, if if you're a fan of K State, you truly feel that the Cats could make the Big Twelve championship game this year. The old mm. Dr Pepper. Um, you can't put K State at less than or at more than two losses. You, I don't think you can, because the losses are most likely to come. In Big 12 play, and I think one team in the last 15 years has made a Big 12 championship game or finished in the top two in the Big 12 with three losses in conference play. And I think that was like Missouri in 2007-2008. So it doesn't happen. Right. And so I'm going K-State ceiling is 10-2 and and 7-2 and in the Big 12. But, of course, once you take a loss, which my projected losses would be right now. Uh, I should have thought about this earlier. Well, I, I did, but I, I should have wrote it down. But um, Baylor, at Baylor, and just at home against Oklahoma State, they're just mm-hmm. always tricky. Those are the two that stand out for me right away. I've got a bad feeling about playing in Ames. I went 9-3. and three. So that's because, your added loss. Because strange things happen in Ames. Well, it's about time, though. K-State and uh, Coach Kleiman, they get that W against oh, I Iowa agree. State and Ames. I agree. I just have a bad feeling about that game going in. DG? I'm also at 9-3. and three. Um, I have the back end, Baylor, and then we go on the road again to West Virginia, mm, yeah, which that has never a, been super mm-hmm. friendly. Yeah. Um, but Oklahoma State, too. It's just... Man, they just gah. Uh, anyway, um, but I like. Even with that said, I still feel like. Uh, anyway, I won't get ahead of us. I'm at nine and three. I could be talked into ten and two as well, for sure. So, from what I'm guessing, you two at nine and three don't have K State playing in the Dr Pepper. I, so I'm kind of the like I, I'm like flip floppy. Because I could see us taking on Oklahoma State in the, the Big 12 championship again. Uh, they're back again. But uh, I'll also I'm thinking Baylor might be there. But then I'm not sold completely on Baylor either. Like, I don't know. This is the strangest going into season I've had in a long time. Uh, Baylor looks great. And then I'm like, I don't know if they look it, awesome it, or not. It goes back to what you addressed with Wyatt Thompson yesterday on Wildcat Insider. And that is that the top portion of the conference is as wide open yeah. as any of us have ever seen it yes and i mean baylor's like what 10th in the country right now i mean mm-hmm. that like yeah. that seems mm-hmm. high you know if you think that's high oklahoma yeah um, yeah but yeah, no i'm yeah. picking a baylor oklahoma state rematch i i have oklahoma 
in the uh, in the Big Twelve Championship game. I, I look at their schedule, and it's a favorable schedule. It's an easy non-con. And then they have the five conference home games, Oof. and they avoid coming to Manhattan. They avoid Stillwater. They avoid Waco. Mm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I, when you think of all the top five teams, I mean, K-State has the most veterans returning. Yes. But everybody else is replacing a lot. But I don't I, Brett, Brett Venables it, did a pretty good job, I felt like. Filling in some spots, I, I, I just have a tough time not picking Oklahoma. Oklahoma, based on uh, Dylan Gabriel, who's going to be the starting quarterback, and he's really good when he is healthy. Mm-hmm. That's hard to ignore in the in the favorable schedule. Yeah, I, I'm. I understand where you're coming from from there because I feel like that at one of the things that's going to be at play for Oklahoma, they're going to be a harder nosed team. They are just going to buy into what Venerables does in terms of how he coaches and I think that that's going to be a big difference for them that will be able to tell early on how good they can be by what their approach is during the year I think it's more of a buy-in to the hard-nosed stuff and I like being coached like that year two year three the first guys are gonna be like oh wait a minute no 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 no. we don't like this I think it's gonna be a tough transition for them they're talented and they're gonna. They got a great coach. There's a reason he was on the short list for 15 seasons in a row. He's a great coach, but I don't know. I think the Cats take care of business down in Norman. All right, on the national level, who's in your uh, college football playoff, DG? Okay, I hate this because I just go chalk. Uh, Bama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State. I just you know understand it, Troy. Uh mine is on. Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, and the wild card will be Utah. Yeah, the, the Utah is a very popular pick. They play in the Pac-12. They're supposed to be by far the best team in the Pac-12. They could they could run the table. Wow. They're projected to run the table I by do. most experts. Uh, so I did throw Utah just as like a as the four seed. I didn't think about that. Uh, even though they don't really have a tough schedule, they will play Oregon. They will be they will play USC. Pass those two hurdles. They're golden. And they will actually open the year at Florida, but I would take Utah in the swamp. Now, since I'll compare these at the end of the season, at the uh, end of the whole college football season, I put in a tiebreaker. How many good for a Wildcat first downs will I announce this season? 265. That's way too high. (laughs) (laughs) I had to look it up. There's only seven home games. I uh, uh, oh yeah that's okay so that's uh, that, that uh, it's a good point I I went overall season number yeah okay that's yeah. I'll let you I'll bad. let you fix it okay that's a, so that makes a really good point because I did I had to look up how many uh, per game K State did so uh, let me hold on here um, punch up the calculator that's right um, okay I'm gonna go one thirty. I'm going to say 130 is okay. how many times you're going to say, good for a while, Ken. And I'm going to say, first down. 154. Ah. I have 115. Okay. I just basically took the average from last year and just. Yeah. But I, with I hope Troy's right. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, I suppose uh, that'll do it for hour number one.
Should we just close up shop or? No. Oh. Can't do that. We have a full hour two coming up, including number one song of the day, which was actually requested by Travion, and he's not here. Oh, my God. Ask Us Anything is coming up as well, but also in hour number two, we heard from Chris Kleiman earlier today the highlights from his press conference, and Scott Wildcat himself, Mr. Wildcat as I like to call him, is going to join us. I'm going to ask him some of the same questions we just went over with our predictions and a whole lot more. It's coming up. Hour two of the game is just moments away. And in two minutes, it's CBS News.